Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We thought we'd get a little bit macrocosmic on you today. We're going to do some spiritual stuff today. We wanted to talk about the ways in which both Jane and I consider ourselves to be just spiritual in our daily lives. Uh, intuitive, sensitive, uh, you know, the belief systems that we have gathered together that we find best help us navigate through reality. And we wanted to talk about what living a spiritual life looks like how it can benefit you, and just basically everything on the topic that we'd really love to share. Jane? I think the thing that I feel has helped me the greatest and the biggest kind of aha moment that I had was understanding that I really, truly create my own reality, that whatever I give my focus to grows. I choose my focus. It's what I allow into my life. So whether it is through my sight whether it's through my words, whether it's through the interactions I have with people. It doesn't matter what sense I'm using. It is what I choose to allow in my life. So I choose to see something or not see something. I choose to feel something and either continue to feel it or let it go. So once I really grasp this concept of creating my own reality, I just found this a miracle. I actually found this incredible that I just don't live in the same world as anybody else. How old were you when you sort of came to this When I really got it, really got it and implemented it in my life, early 40s. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously in previous episodes we've talked about how you're an HSP, highly sensitive person. So obviously you had tendencies from childhood to be very intuitive, be very sensitive, be an empath as we call it, which means being able to really soak up other people's moods or energies, emotions in the room. So you obviously had some of those skills with you all through, you know, 20s, 30s and through your life, but did you find that they began to snowball or intensify or did you just become more aware of how to use them as you got more mature? No, I was completely unaware that I was an empath. I had no idea. I'd never heard the term. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to manage it. I was confused. I thought everybody felt this and I thought, how can people behave the way they do? feeling the way they do and it just didn't make sense so it was a big aha moment when I realized not everybody is like this let's just exactly describe what an empath is because it is a fascinating concept and I think there'll be a lot of you nodding along going oh my god that's me too so an empath for example will go into a restaurant or go into a situation with, with another person and what will happen okay you know exactly what's going on so basically I here's the way I kind of describe it it's like if you think of a person as having a bubble around them I kind of undo the zip on the bubble and I put both my little fingers in and I open it up and I stick my head in and go have a bit of a look around and go oh that's what's going on with that person and then I back off and I zip it up again but that's consciously doing it but I wasn't consciously doing this I just was in everybody else's stuff meaning you if they were feeling really really shitty you'd feel really awful if they were feeling I, yeah. panicky you'd feel panicky if whatever they exactly were. whatever they were I was getting but I didn't realize it was them I thought it was me so I really didn't get this until in my 40s. And once I, you know, I did some Googling and, you know, you've got to be careful because there's a lot of weird websites out there, but I was really did some good research on what an empath is and found a few reputable sites and started following their forums and getting advice on how to manage this. And now I can totally switch it on and off. And use it as a so gift. So easy. Now as I as use tool. it as a gift. You know, when somebody says, what do you think's going on with my marriage? It's like, okay, well, let's check in with the other person. Mm. And I go straight into their energy. 
And it's like, okay, well, this is what's going on. And I love the gift that I can give the other side, the other perspective. Right. And it's so healing and fantastic. I mean, you can use it with your children. You can use it with your pets. You can use it with what's wrong with this grumpy bus driver. How do I get on his good well, side? Having said that, I find it hard to use it with those that I'm closest to. Why is that? I don't know. It's almost like I'm not allowed to. Okay. Or it's like, I don't know. I really don't know, but I do struggle with that. That's, you know, that okay. Beck, what's going on with my kids? <laughs> um, but in general, I can use it and switch it on and off. And it's not something I don't use it to spy on other people because I think there's some paranoia that people think when you've got a gift like this that you're going to invade their privacy. I just don't. Mm. I don't care what anybody else has got going on. The only time I would ever do it is if I wanted to help somebody, if I wanted to have greater understanding of why is somebody perhaps behaving this way towards me and what is it that I can do to understand that so that I can be have a beautiful, richer connection with and them and, and put their fears yeah. at rest. Compassion. It's a lot of yes. compassion. When you, yeah. it, it is literally like walking a, a mile in, the, in another's shoes when you can feel what they're feeling. So, I mean, And that's the emphasis, isn't it? An empath is something that you're actually feeling it with your body. Yes. That's, that's how you're experiencing it. Yes, it's not coming it. through my mind. It's not. There's nothing coming through my mind. Um, it's not... It's just a pure feeling of of understanding exactly what's going on. And I think because I had the 40-odd years of being an empath first, I thought I'd experienced all of this. No, I hadn't. I'd actually experienced it through other people. But the, the byproduct of that is that when I do tap into somebody else's energy is I totally get instantly what's going on because I've already felt this before in my own body. Mm-hmm. So I know it and I know what's driving the thought process and the emotions and mm-hmm. um, so then I can articulate quite clearly what is going on. The body knows. And, and I'm excited by it now. Like it was something I really wanted to shut down, I wanted to get rid of. And, you know, I was worried that my children, it's hereditary, so I was worried that my children were going to have this. And then sure enough, my first was around four when I realized, oh, no, she's got it too, and I was horrified. But by the time I've learned to manage it, now I'm actually really excited. It's a beautiful gift. And how can an empath use a gift like high sensitivity or intuition in business? What, how do you oh, use it's it? brilliant for business because the first thing I had to really learn was from that beautiful book, The Four Agreements, that we've taught before, don't take things personally and don't make assumptions. That goes hand in hand. If you're going to be an empath, you've got this is how you work out what your boundaries are. What are you actually feeling versus what is someone else feeling? So I had to learn to not take things personally and not make assumptions. Because you would get very lost as an empath, you know, being bombarded by other people's stuff all the time. And if you don't have very clearly established boundaries of who you are, particularly when you're younger and you're still sort of starting out in the world, you know, I imagine it's almost like it's, it's you've got to do some extra homework there. Yeah, I have to do loads and loads of work. And I really feel I've only really mastered this in the last two years. Yeah. I really think that's it's taken a long time to be able to determine what is it that's unique to me? Why is my button being pressed? Why am I having a particular emotional reaction to something versus am I actually tapping into somebody else's energy and it's their stuff? And, and you know, let alone one person, but what happens if you do go to like a nightclub or a shopping mall or somewhere that's just chaos? Does that really mentally overwhelm you? Yeah, yeah, it does. Or Absolutely. It does. And that, I've had to actually work really hard on that because of the events that I'm running. And so it's interesting that the universe has delivered the numbers of people attending my events have got bigger as I've been able to handle the energy of a room that is bigger. Mm. So, but, but I would have found in the past, I would have found that I was really good with a group of six to 10 people, but this is socially, not just work, or I was good with a group of 5,000. 
it was the in-betweens that I really struggled with. Right. Like if I've got a room of 40 people and I can actually read them all, <laughs> but I can't manage them all, yeah, that was really hard. But now I'm fine with that. So I think the more you begin to use and practice your gifts as well, you do develop something of your own on switch and off switch. Are you able to do a bit of that, Yeah, Jane? easy, Flip, absolutely easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's really that the switch is, oh, how do you describe it? It's just, it's not allowing yourself to just start bleeding into yeah, that direction. I just don't do it. Like I just you, you catch it and you pull it back. I kind of hold my own energy better. It's like I don't project on other people, whereas I think I was projecting on other people. Mm-hmm. So I now don't project. You've been anchoring too, so just anchoring Lots of back anchoring. into like grounding, yeah. back into your own two yeah. feet on the ground, not, you know, spitting out. <laughs> and knowing what I can handle. So, you know, I'm not going to go, for example, Friends will say, I've got such a busy Saturday. I'm going to, um, I'm going to this event during the day and then I've got another event at night. No, I only do one. That's it. I just don't do two. I can't do it. Yeah. So it's knowing what your boundaries are and realizing that, that that's the way to operate. Otherwise, I'm going to go into that kid that can't handle it. That's, I'm going to be, my inner child's going to be screaming at me all over the place because I'm reading all this energy Mm. and I don't want to. So I've got to, I've got to, you know, sleep's really important to me to keep my boundaries up. So a huge part of, you know, what we're talking about is invariably if you're listening to our show, I mean, you will be a highly sensitive person or maybe you call yourself intuitive, maybe you say you've always had a good hunch, you have deja vu, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, so many of us, you know, obviously like Jane have grown up feeling that either you were the odd one out in your family or nobody else was like you or it wasn't quite accepted or, yeah, like you had to Google it to figure out that, you know, this was actually a known thing with a name to it. And, you know, many of you may still be learning to trust it at all like to, to to recognize it when it appears and to believe that you can you know view the universe as a friendly place and use the tools and the signs and the symbols that it, that it provides you to navigate through life um globe magazine did an article back in 2003 like a long time ago which I, it's always stuck in my head because it was so catchy it was about the new phenomenon of SBNR. SBNR stands for spiritual but not religious. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know. And basically what they did was they just went all over the streets and into the bars and clubs, basically where a lot of 20, 30-somethings were, and they just polled them. And they said, what are you? And pretty much everyone said, oh, look, I'm spiritual but I'm not religious, you know? I get clients that come in and they're very – if I'll say to them, they'll start to talk about their hobbies or interests and I start to get a sense that spirituality is important to them but maybe they feel self-conscious about sharing that. So I will say to them, are you spiritual? And 9 out of 10 will say, yes, but I don't go to church. Yes. <laughs> You know, like there's a real thing they don't want to be put in that box. We want to differentiate. We're so keen to differentiate that we're not from that old sort of hierarchy. Although, Having so- said that, I don't have a problem with people going to church. In fact, I love the energy of going into a beautiful church. Yes, and it's I was going to say I have a lot of clients as well who have found the most beautiful mix of, you know, they might have a Jesus on their wall and a Buddha next to their computer. That's and what I've got. go to their Zen meditation yep. class with a Tibetan yep. or whatever. And it's all very um, inclusive. inclusive. It is. And I actually think the same extends now to holistic practitioners. So in the old days, I think you trotted off and you got a certificate in something. You hung yeah. it on your wall, even if it was just Reiki or just naturopathy or whatever and that's what you did and these days I just think people can do anything and everything they've got so many tools in their toolkit you know you could go to your naturopath she could do Reiki on you she can do iridology on you she could press on your acupressure point she can channel something for you like and yeah. it's, it's it's cool to deserve to diversify and to be inclusive that we're all these multifaceted complicated spiritual beings and spiritual itself is such an incredibly broad reaching term it could mean anything from someone who's just a complete environmental hippie who has their whole house like gray water systemed and, and with a veggie patch or it could mean somebody who's 
you know, totally vegan and just does conscious media and, you know, you know, right through to the home birthers and, and you, you just got, you know, and then the people who are really, really out there with the auras and the psychics and the chakra clearing and, you know, it's, there's so much under this umbrella. It, the, the thing that's beautiful is it is getting so mainstream. You know, when I was first um, joining up members and having conversations about their, their interests, their beliefs, etc., I would have had a, a spiritual conversation with probably one in about 10. Now, let's fast forward seven years later and it would be easily three out of four. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an absolute booming. There was a guy. You know, whether people do the, the meditation or they've, they've yeah. come in through yoga or they're dabbling with some cards or affirmations or positive thinking and yeah. the lines are just blurring and it's so beautiful and empowering. And there's a guy whose name escapes me. I'm sorry. I think I think his surname starts with a Z. Paul something. Anyway, he was the guy that actually predicted the greenhouse effect back in the day and he about maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago now, predicted the wellness revolution. He knew oh. all of this was going to happen, and it has, and it's still unfolding right now. Um, so the thing is, you know, and again, many of you listening, look, you might be completely open-minded to all this, saying, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, or I'm aware of this, my friends are into it, or, you know, I, yeah, I'm certainly fine with it. But are you living a spiritual life? Because in the absence of a church or a, a class that you go to or, you know, a nine-week course that you do, what do you do every day in the rat race of life to stay connected to source, to the essence of who you really are, to that greater energy that's larger than all of us of universal intelligence? What do you do, Jane? <laughs> I do. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh. Okay. No, I was actually thinking that we also need to help people with how to get to this stuff. But first off, what do I do? For me, I have a meditative walk every morning. So it's not a power walk. It's a heel-toe, slow walk, and I, I literally get out of bed, go to the toilet, grab a water, and I'm gone. And I talk to the universe, and it's so beautiful at that time of the morning. You know, it's usually about quarter to six-ish, or, and it's just peaceful, and it's just the universe and me. And I have a little chat. And I chat about whatever I want to. Look, sometimes my thoughts stray and I get into the day, but I try to stay focused and I observe. I observe nature. I think nature is one of the most beautiful places to be in, to be really connected with, you know, we are all one and that there is this amazing greater plan that we're just not at all able to comprehend. So it might be little things like how many colors of green on the leaves can I count? How many shades of green in one tree or different varieties of flowers or how many different birds' tunes can I hear chirping in the morning? And so I do that. Um, I then, I'm a big fan of my juicing, which I actually see that as a spiritual thing. I bless my food and water. So I do a massive big green veggie or whatever veggies juice every morning. And I bless that with um, infinite love and gratitude. I say it three times as I'm digesting it because of the work of Dr. Emoto and Dr. Darren Wiesman, um, who are both scientists, doctors that have proven the vibrational power of our words. Um, and then I make an intent for the day. What is it that, and sometimes I get slack on this, and at the end of the day I'll realize my day's gone pear-shaped because I haven't set my intent clearly. So I set my intent of what is it that I wish to achieve today. And it could be that it's a list of to-do things or it could be today I wish to connect richly and deeply with every person whose path crosses mine. I want them to know that I see them soul to soul. Mm. There are so many minute ways that you can sprinkle throughout your whole day, little little bits of 
what I call loving kindness, like the, the magic, magic uh, connection, you know, and they only take a second, mm. you know, like observing how the sunshine falls through the window onto your cup of tea and, and you know, seeing how the water reflects in, as a shadow up and down a tree trunk next to a pond or something like just those little moments in life, you know, as you're driving, if everyone around you seems really aggro, like sending out love to the other drivers, Um I, I make you know my own flower essences and, and they're good for sort of just leveling. Talk, talk about that a little bit because oh, you can now. buy them. <laughs> you can they're buy beautiful. Them. Um, no, they're absolutely beautiful. We'll talk just briefly about what the power of flower essences. Yeah, well, it's you know basically homeopathics for really for emotions, just for leveling out your emotions to keep you feeling really calm and centered and beautiful. So I've got a little bottle in my bedroom, and every time I step through my bedroom, which might be two or three times a day, I'll always pick it up and just put a drop under the tongue. And it's not so much even the act of giving myself the essence; it's the it's, that's a me time moment. That's a moment I'm saying this moment is just for me and it's to nurture myself, you know, and that could be anything like for Jane, it's her juice. You know? I'm reaching for mine now actually because Beck made me a beautiful one myself. <laughs> she channeled what I wanted and ran around her gorgeous garden and picked all these flowers and made this beautiful one for me. So Thanks, Jane. fabulous. Um, you know, whether it's that you keep, uh, you know, a spiritual book on your nightstand and you even sometimes you don't even need to read a whole chapter. You might need just open it and flip to a page and read one paragraph and the right one will find you. The right words will jump out, the right sentence that you just need to hear that night before bed or draw a card in the morning when you first wake up to set your intention for the day. It's, it's all these little tiny things. And so often I feel like I meet spiritual people who have all this kind of theory or concept but they don't actually do anything. Like yeah. they get it all in a, in a mainframe, like a larger version, or they go and like do a course, but they don't actually kind of do it in their implement 20, it into yeah, their home, their twenty four hour day. And why do we do this, Jane? There, there can be a fear, there can be a disbelief that it's actually rubbish. You know, if you're feeling extreme pain or extreme trauma or emotion. What's putting a few drops of, you know, apple cider with some flower bits in it under your tongue going to work? You know, like there is that kind of belief that you need something bigger to combat what it is you're going through. But when you're doing the small little things all the time, the energy seems to join and you have a shift. You've got to, you've got to put it to the test. So I really encourage people, you know, I love saying gather your own evidence. Well, here is the prime example, the best example in life is to gather evidence that something bigger than you exists and so I would say question all of this you know I grew up as a Catholic and we were taught you know you are not to question God must not question God God will get very angry and strike me down with some horrible illness that's not my understanding at all I believe that whether you use the term God or universe or guides or angels whatever is your terminology that you're most comfortable with referring to this amazing intellect this amazing energy field that creates worlds test it put it to the test they're up for it it's up for it he's up for it she's up for it whatever the terminology is so i like start i like to start doing that sort of thing and saying to people with them saying to people get some of your cards you just talked about the cards now, there are so many beautiful, positive cards that you can get from gift shops now and bookshops, whether they are angel cards, spirit guide cards. They can be positive affirmation cards. You know, Susie, what's her surname? Orman, is that her name? She's got them about financial abundance yeah, cards. Yeah. And so it's understanding that everything is energy and that it, you can shift and change if you get the right guidance and you're seeing the right signs. So grab a card, set of cards that you like. Don't let anyone else use them. Just fill them up with your energy. Hold these beautiful cards. Ask the universe for a sign and then start shuffling them and notice that one will flip out 
that one will, you'll be drawn to one. Don't second guess yourself. Just pull it out and then read it and see what wisdom is there for you. And I bet you bottom dollar that 99% of the times it's going to relate to you. So then you start thinking, wow, that's a coincidence. That relates to what I'm doing going through today. Do it again tomorrow. Do it again in an hour's time. Keep going. Testing, testing. So all of these methods that we talk about are all gentle ways of you starting to see the signs of the universe being something amazing and starting to connect to it in a spiritual way. So then you get the message. Then action it and see if it changes your day. The universe is definitely conspiring to help you. And the sooner that you really embrace and understand and adopt that belief, the better it's going to be for you. And you're all worthy. Everybody is worthy. It doesn't matter if you've been a bad person in a past life or a bad person in this lifetime or in a moment. You're still worthy. They're not sitting there judging. This is just how it works, that they want good. They want high vibration. They want good for you. And you will always be given very clear signs. What are some of the ways that you get signs better? because you're very observant mm. can I just say 44 44 44 yeah, 44. <laughs> yeah that's, that's true numbers I mean we all know about angel numbers um a lot of people even yesterday a girl was saying to me what does it mean I'm getting 11 11 or you know what numbers do you do you notice any numbers well 11 11 was one that I I very much became aware of a long time ago mm. and so 11 11 is apparently a universal code to say you are right now connected to the universe now we're actually always connected but it's kind of a it's like a first grade lesson in as you start to notice 11.11. It's just so cool. Like I'll t- I still to this day, I've been doing 11.11 for probably about 10 years. I'll still take a screenshot of my, ca- of my phone every time I glance down and see 11.11. I'll yeah. go, cool, there I am again. 3.3.3 was another one that I would see all the time. Yeah. And I will actually, how that one came about was I was waking up every morning at 3.33 in the morning. Yes. And uh, and again, that's a time when the, the veils between the worlds are actually at their thinnest because there's not the energy of our thought process and our everyday action. We're at our most peaceful, our most rested, so it's easier for the other side to be able to communicate with us at that point in time. Yeah. Um, but Be- I, I laughed at 4.4 because Beck and I um, – doing a radio show would would travel in a car for about an hour and a half to record our national radio show and Beck would go 44 44 44 she would probably see 20 of them in a period of an hour and a half it was amazing yeah they're coming thick and fast for me (laughs) so you know numbers are another really really fantastic way I think that you know for me a really important part of if you're going to seriously embrace spirituality it is not an external concept it is completely an internal concept and therein lies probably the biggest sickness of western society which is why jane and i do the work that we do and it is to do with emotions and it's to do with you know the ego by which we mean that your brain is basically designed to protect itself so it constantly looks for distractions and you know deflections and things to feed on and it freaks out the minute it thinks you might be going to kill it and the way that you kill the monkey brain is by silencing and going into quietness and just holding peace and love and then the brain can't really exist it just has to you know <laughs> extinguish and it, and it can't handle it so it will throw you a thousand thoughts to think about shopping list your husband this that um but all the more important that we do it and, and you know coupled with that of course we've got this great belief as westerners of selfishness you know don't spend too much time in mothers and women in particular are just absolutely saturated with this from the generations like it's an ancestral curse of being a people pleaser and saying yes to all demands and to just putting yourself out there for everyone and being the nurse and being the healer and being the rescuer and being the chef and being the, the carpooler and being the, you know, the babysitter. And 
What about me? At the same time, women are their own worst enemies because they're also benchmarking against what? You know, what is it that you're benchmarking against that says that you actually have to do all of this stuff? Why is it that when you say no, you feel so incredibly guilty because, you know, Mrs. Robinson next door is much more perfect at being able to achieve all of this? You know, it's such an illusion. It is the Stepford Wives thing is just such an illusion. Mm. And now, you know, we're forced to be mega, well, we're not forced, but we are feel the pressure to be the most amazing mothers, the sexiest, most amazing, supportive wife, the best housekeeper. Not only that, but make sure you've got a career that's got preferably a six-figure sum on it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Perfect while mother. you're at that, please be a great social host. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, really? Yeah. And remember to floss your teeth. And I mean, so, please. you know, clearly the number one excuse that I get from anyone is I don't have time. So I'll say, do you do any meditation? Or, oh, no, tried that, can't do that. That's exactly why you need to do some meditation. It's exactly but why don't you, why. you? We've talked before about good ways of meditating mm. that it doesn't actually require sitting well, Zen all, style for an hour. Don't use the word meditation because nobody That's, gets yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it basically means: can you accept the challenge of closing your eyes, putting your hand on your heart, and taking a breath, and just looking inside yourself for one minute? Now, a lot of people, hopefully, most people listening to this would say yes. But I am still staggered by the amount of people, particularly in their even sixties and seventies, who just look at me like just they don't even know what I'm talking about. And if the elders can't do it, how do we teach the children, you know? And we live in a world that is so external and sensationalistic and materialistic and plastic and, and all of this distraction, 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 entertainment, 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 stress, stress, stress. We're getting further and further and further away from the core. I know? feel that we can, to answer the question about the elders, if we can't teach the elders, how can we teach the children? But we have to remember that the, the people in their 60s and 70s, they've come from the generation of no change. Yeah, you know they they were fearful of change. You know, and also my parents for medical, say, everything was kind of like if if a man in a white coat or a scientist believes in it, it's true. Defer to authority. Yeah, correct. Whereas people that are younger than that, not just embrace change, they actually demand it. They want change. They want to try new things. They're constantly, you know, that the older generation was say, oh, the new people they're all flighty and and they won't stick at anything long enough, and they're always wanting to change. I actually think that's a really positive thing. I think, I think that's it's fabulous. a sign of the times, you know. I think that if you've lived a long, hard life where you felt like life happened to you, you didn't yeah. kind of, you know, particularly for, for some, that other genera- that older generation, you know, they didn't really perhaps have a lot of opportunity to embrace their intuitive gut feelings, you know, the paths they would have loved to have followed and walked because society was, it was more hardcore. We've got to admit that. We've got to face the Absolutely. fact that it was a lot harder back then. Yes. Particularly for, you know, if you're a, if you're a young Catholic girl and you got pregnant at 19, well, your life is laid out for you. you yeah, know? that's right. And if you wanted to stand up against that, well, you can face being ostracized and, you know, basically losing all love and support, which is a very big thing to ask. You know, I'm getting into specific scenarios here, but basically I'm trying to take this back to emotional work so the fact is every single one of us is carrying bags and bags and bags of luggage and it's luggage from this lifetime it's luggage from other lifetimes it's let's just start with this lifetime it's you know we've all got our stuff and it's often the stuff that you don't even think is important yeah i know that happened when i was six but i don't care about that anymore well actually a six-year-old inside you bloody does care about it very very much and she hasn't healed yet and you are not going to move on and graduate to being a full proper adult until that six-year-old inside you has fully dealt with and grieved that trauma that happened to her this brings me to, you know, the, the first thing I was talking about is creating my own reality. Right after that, the very next thing was that, therefore, everything that happens to me is about me. So I have to own my own stuff. 
So everything that I'm feeling is a button that's pressed in me from a part of me that I'm denying or not owning or not loving. So it is really important. In fact, we'll reference back to shadow work. We did a podcast on the shadow yeah, side. Listen to that. It's it's important. And the, um, the point to me today is when we're talking about how to live a spiritual life, like yes, you can pull a card and you can drink your filtered water and you can bless it. You can go out and see the sunrise and you can go to a yoga ashram in Bali. Fantastic. But are you doing real deep self work? Are you doing the work? Have you got the courage to put your hand up and say, I've got demons and I'm going to look them between the eyes. And one at a time, I can do this slowly. I can chip away. It doesn't have to be an epiphany by Tuesday. You know, that was definitely the next thing I did was chipped away one memory at a time mm. and just chipped away, chipped away. And, and the then... journey's never over. I'm not saying you're going to get somewhere either. Oh, by 65, you'll be all clear and life will be fine because, you know. Oh, even... well, when I think when you're all clear, that's when you click over to the other side and yeah. it's dimension. <laughs> well, even the yogis are still working on their next set of, you know, stuff. Even the angels are still going up their hierarchy. There's always the biggest school that's waiting for you. you know, even the boss has a boss type thing, you know, yeah. and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, should we talk about channeling briefly before we finish up? Yes, absolutely. Um Channeling is just something we should probably mention while we're talking about being spiritual because, of course, for those of you who are super spiritual, it's the next um, natural progression. Um, so obviously for me, um, channeling is a huge part of who I am and the business that I do and, and, you know, it's basically, to explain it in a nutshell, it's setting myself completely aside and it's it's dialing up the broadband to upstairs management. <laughs> You're basically going right up to the wisest souls who know and love you the best of all and have the wisest advice for you um, and bringing that through. Um, shall I do a quick channel message for everyone listening yeah, today? Yeah, that would be as beautiful. As beautiful. Okay. So I'm bringing through an angel. I'm, I'm hearing a word like seraphim or seraphina or something like that, a uh, very gold-looking angel, very pointy wings. The angel is saying that she's well, he's, oh, God, it's a matter of all, showing me cities. I think lots of people listening to us showing cities and spreading their hands out across the cities and oceans and saying, um, we are, everyone listening today is joined in oneness. Everyone who hears this message is, is, is like joined together at a divine time at, for divine reason for the exact same core soul purpose. Each and every person who's currently listening to the Love Life show is actually at the same level of evolution, even though we're all very different and it may all look very different. We're all joining together like dots or beads on a string of the same level of a soul journey where together we're asking questions, we're sifting through the information we're quantifying and processing what it means to be human and to go to a deeper level and expression of humanness and her message to all of you is to love and to laugh and to live to enjoy your children to enjoy your sunlight the beaches nature and most of all she's saying to drink lots of water to love the people that you're with to love your partners very deeply as if they are small children look at them as if they are a young child who needs all of your love and nurturing and forgive their adult flaws and most of all She's showing me bed. So when you go to bed at night, lie quietly in bed with your hands on your heart and bless your whole body, send yourself love. Give yourself a kiss on top of the head. Love you oh, all. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. What a way to finish the show. Thank you, Love Life listeners. We will, of course, be back here on thewellnesscouch.com next week with another free half-hour show. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. Have a blessed week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.